Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 104. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guests today are Lunar Vacation. The indie rock band from Atlanta are releasing their debut record today, entitled Inside Every Fig is a Dead Wasp. In today's episode, we're speaking with Grace and Maggie from the band about honesty in songwriting, how they came together, and their friendship with Finn Wolfhard. Here we go. Our guests today are an indie rock band from Atlanta, Georgia. After previously releasing singles and EPs over the last few years, they're releasing their debut record today, which is entitled Inside Every Fig is a Dead Wasp. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Grace and Maggie from Lunar Vacation. Good morning, ladies. How are we? Wow, We're amazing. So good. <laughs> That's very, very good to hear. Where uh, where are you joining us from this morning? Um, we're in Atlanta right now, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, in the states. <laughs> Beautiful. What is um? Just very quickly to begin with, what is the music scene in Atlanta like in terms of indie rock? Because I feel that Atlanta's known for hip hop, or like there's quite a big hip hop scene, but. What's what's the indie scene like? What's the rep? Give us a like a rundown of the indie scene there. Wow. Well, like you said, I don't think we're known for rock music. Maybe we were at one point, but not anymore. But Atlanta is a very spread out city. It's like not walkable in most parts, um, and it's pretty like sprawling. And I feel like it makes the scene a little bit fragmented like there's not really like there's venues that a lot of people play at and like DIY spaces but honestly a lot of the DIY spaces um two of the biggest ones the bakery and the mammal gallery have had to they're always like changing locations and losing funding and then fundraising um so I wouldn't say that it's like the strongest indie scene but there's always people trying and there's always new bands popping up. Um, a lot of people, like from when we were playing Atlanta shows, like every week, a lot of those people have moved to like New York. Yeah. Or um, I, I guess it was pretty young when we were playing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people just left to go to college yeah. or to go get other jobs or to pursue things elsewhere. Um, so, yeah, I guess the answer is it's fragmented, yeah. but there are a lot of little pockets of goodness in it. That's cool. I think that like a good indie scene will always kind of like, you know, have its highs and lows, but as long as there's bands continuing to pop up and, you know, still kind of want to 
push indie music, then like good for them. And like, yeah, yeah. definitely let that continue. Yeah. Um, congratulations. It's a very big day for you guys uh, and, and the rest of the band. The debut record is out today. Inside every fig is a dead wasp. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How long have, because um, we've had, I think it was two EPs and a handful of singles, but this is the, the first full length, the first LP. How long has this been in the works? Well, kind of since the beginning. I mean, the first song on the record is the first song Grace ever made for Lunar. Yeah. So it kind yeah. of like goes back to all the way to like 2016, probably. Mm-hmm. But that's just like one song, but it like, it opens the record, you know, like, I don't know. We just felt like it was the right thing to do. Um, kind of, yeah. Cause we've never had like a, a big body of work before that had like one not one meaning, but kind of like sat under the same umbrella and like something that we really spent a lot of time on, like, like with sequencing or like anything like that, you know? Um, but there's stuff from like 2016. There's also stuff from like 2019, just like a bunch of little demos or like half songs that I had for a while. Um, we just like, when we went into the studio, we, just brought it in and we're like, can we do anything with it? So kind of like a lot of fragments got finished Mm -hmm. in the studio, which was like, it was really cool. And it kind of felt like reminiscent of a lot of what the songs are about too. Like just things that happened in the past that like I wrote about to finally like get closure with, you know? So yeah, it's been a while. We made the record. Like we actually recorded everything in July of 2020 though. So it's been, we've been sitting on a finished product for like a year. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do, I guess, how does one deal with having those songs kind of under wraps? We have one or two singles, but holding onto a record for over a year is like quite a big thing. Yeah. It is so cool now that like people are actually starting to hear these songs that, especially the non-singles, like, um, it's just like a deep cut. Yeah, I just like never. I think we sat on it for so long that I was kind of just like, it didn't feel real. We were like, oh, I don't it's just even something know if we made. Come like, out. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably never gonna come out. Also, because like it was in the middle of of a pandemic. Like literally, like every day things were changing. So it was like yeah. we can't even like plan on a tour, and we can't even plan on like doing this or that. So it's kind of like, I don't even know if this will ever come out. Yeah. And so. I remember our managers were like, okay, the, our set release is like fall of next year, which is right now. And I was like, like I don't know if we're going to make it to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, also, that just seemed like dystopian, honestly. Before the pandemic, I remember we were, um, we were doing like this Athens show. It was, this was in like 2019. And I was talking to one of our managers, Shay, and I was like, so like, when do you think we can release the record or something? Like, when we didn't even, like, have recorded anyway. I was just like, oh, what if we do whatever? She was like, probably, like, um, in a couple of years or whatever. And I was like, 
I was like, not in five months. <laughs> she was like, no. Yeah. But this but, is our first time doing like a proper rollout. Yeah. Which is this, cool. This kind of rollout. I guess, yeah. I guess there's no proper rollout. But um, we always just like recorded music in the past and like threw it out. Like literally the next week. Like we yeah. would like have a deadline and we were like, okay, it's like due on Saturday. Then we would finish tracking on like a Thursday. We were like, oops, like got to meet our own deadline that we put on ourselves. Yeah. So whack. That's kind of funny. But anyway, it's very <laughs> rewarding and surreal yeah. for people to hear these songs. Yeah. And exciting because we made it for people to listen to. So, yeah. <laughs> of course. the From what I've gotten of the record so far is just that I feel like it, it's very much the same sonically in terms of like you haven't taken like a sharp left turn into new, like you're not a folk band all of a sudden or like a reggae band or anything like that. Um but it seems like the songwriting has become like a little bit more direct or like a little bit more just like, um, I don't want to say raw, but maybe honest. Yeah. Has that... You know, I'm going to get my cock real quick. Grace can answer this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'm really glad you brought that up because I feel like Sometimes I feel like when I'm talking about the record and I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm being more like brutally honest and less like, like trying to cover up what I'm trying to say with like metaphors and stuff. Like, it's not bad to do that. Like, it's definitely like probably more interesting to like come up with really cool metaphors and be like, this is how I feel. But I think with this album, I was kind of just like, I think a new kind of confidence was instilled in me from like our, first of all, like our band dynamic switching and then also like people that we were working with. So like Dan and TJ who worked on our record, like, I don't know, just this whole new wave of like confidence and kind of, it was like, I don't know how to say it. it was like a whole new world of possibilities is there. And, like, you should just, like, go in head first and, like, really, like, try not to second-guess yourself and, like, what you want to write about. And so I was, like, okay. And a lot of those lyrics, I was just, like, literally saying, I feel this and I feel that. And I tried to just kind of, like, roll with it because I feel like I feel like the most... The, the songs that I listen to where I feel the most touched are when people are also singing in that kind of way like thing like angel olsen lyrics or something like when i hear her songs i want to cry you know but it's like i have an experience which she went through but the way she's delivering it makes it kind of like a blank canvas for like anyone to like put their own meaning into it if that makes any sense um but yeah i just wanted to be brutally honest and raw and just like i don't know I feel like that's what, like, I owe people in a good way. You know what I mean? It's like, if we're going to put something out that we made, it's like, why not it be, like, so honest? It's like, there's no point in not being honest. I feel like it reflects the, like, the sonic change, too. Like, Dan and TJ really pushed us to not be adding parts just to add them, but for everything to really have a place and everything to really be like super intentional and really saying something like not just throwing in like a crazy like solo or like synth swell or something if it didn't have to be there and if it didn't serve like the song and I feel like the lyrics definitely reflect that too where it's like 
just say what you really are trying to say and not be covering it up. Yeah, because, like, I felt when in the past when I've, like, tried to make them more complicated, I think I was doing that out of, like, a little bit of embarrassment and, like, fear because also, like, I don't know, writing when you were 17 about your feelings, like... (laughs) it's kind of scary and embarrassing because then people are like, oh, you're just a whiny girl. Like, there's, like, some lyrics to our song that people, like, will make fun of and then I'll hear about it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just trying to be honest. So I was kind of just trying to lean into that for this stuff because I was like, I can do what I want and I can feel the way I want to feel. And, like, it's also just a part of, like, healing, too. Like, everything that I was writing about, like, I wanted to heal the way I wanted to heal and I just, yeah, I wanted to just be really honest with myself and everyone else, I think. That was a long answer. So <laughs> it, was, it was a good answer, though. I, I thought it was very good. I think it's um, even like, and I don't know whether this is helpful or not helpful, even as, as someone uh, in his early to mid-30s, like being vulnerable and honest is still nerve-wracking, so you should be commended for doing it. It is, like, a very impressive thing to be able to do it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Uh, The the Dan that you're referring to, Daniel, is Dan Gleason from Mm -hmm. Group Love who produced the record. How did did that kind of working relationship come about or how did that come come to be? Um, Well, he had, I think, messaged us over Instagram trying to come to a show or something and then that didn't work out um and grace was like oh i think he lives in atlanta and we're like whoa i was a big group of yeah we were both we were both fans fans. like from when we were like a little bit younger too they've been around forever um but i was working at a record store in little five points in atlanta called criminal records who we still love um and it was like a very dull like Wednesday or Tuesday morning. There's like no one in there. And Dan walked in because the studio where we recorded our album is in the same strip as the record store, which I didn't know then because it's pretty hidden. Um, but he came in trying to buy the new Bruce Springsteen record that had just came out, um, which was this was like 2019. It sounds like it's really old, but it was in 2019. Um, and someone, <laughs> and someone uh, who worked at Criminal was like, "Oh, Dan, Maggie's in a band." I guess they knew Dan. Um, and I was working at the desk checking him out, and I was like, "Yeah, like my band's trying to find." a new spot to record like I heard you have a studio and he was like oh yeah just like come by whenever and like tour it and so later that week Grace and I went and toured it and it's a tiny studio so it was like five minute tour (laughs) and then we sat with Dan for like two hours and just told him this is when we were going through memory changes and we had decided to like put a halt on writing um because I think it was getting really overwhelming and no one in our band really was like we were kind of feeling pretty we were burnt out, disconnected sure. from each other. Yeah. And so um, this is like summer 2019. We decided to just do school for a year and kind of prioritize school and kind of put band stuff on the back burner and not put so much pressure because it was not resulting in, in fruitful songs. Yeah. Um, and so we were kind of telling Dan about that and just how we like have been a band for a while, but like didn't really know like what the next step was. 
Um, and he was just so kind and understanding. And like, we really, he views music in a very emotional, like storytelling way. Like, and that's what we like. And I think before we met him, we were really focused on like making very technical, like technically impressive songs. Um, which I guess kind of goes back to what Grace was saying about like, we feel like we had something to prove because we were playing shows so young and we were like 16 year old girls. And so it was like, okay, yeah. well we have to like be shredding for people to think that we're <laughs> not good. Oh. Yeah. Um, and Dan just kind of encouraged us to just write how we actually wanted to yeah. and make songs that we wanted to listen to over and over again and not just make songs that other people would be like impressed by. Um, so yeah, that's how I met him. <laughs> I think that's a very cool lesson that he's kind of imparted because it is, um, it it kind of is reflected in the music. I feel like the album um, and some of the other singles as well, but mainly the album, it is reminiscent of like early 2010s or like late 2000s kind of indie music when you had like um, who like not exactly like as four on the floor as like um, walk the moon or um, like catfish or like bands like that, but more so just like the kind of like catchy indie. I feel like indie isn't as catchy these days. And I feel like um, Lunar Vacation might be trying to bring that back, which I think is a very good thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We definitely loved those bands. Grace loved walk the moon. (laughs) And TJ, who engineered the record, I think engineered early Walk the Moon. Yeah, I think um, he did the first record, so yeah. I was like, that but first record is banging. I think we definitely, <laughs> like, as far as modern references, we were, like, talking about Phoenix a lot. Yeah. Which I guess they're not really that modern anymore. I mean, like, we listened to them growing up, so. Um, but, yeah, I think Grace writes such catchy hooks that it's like, okay, are we just not going to use this? You know, like, <laughs> we have to use it. Um, but, yeah, that's nice. We love we love. I that mean, that era. literally got me into, like, I wish I had a cooler, like, story for, like, what got me into music, you know? Like, you know how people are like, oh, like, my parents' old records or, like, this and that. And I'm just like, well, I used to go on Pandora on my iPad when I was, like, 11. <laughs> And I was, like, listening to, like, Walk the Moon and, like, KG Elephant and, like, all of those, like, indie pop things. And I was, like, this is, like, literally God. <laughs> like, that was, like, so pivotal. I feel like but, most people have that story but just are too embarrassed to share it. Maybe. <laughs> maybe I'm too, yeah, maybe I should just say it with my chest. So. But, I think, yeah, I think definitely a, early yeah. 2010. <laughs> I think that's a fine introduction to music. Don't you dare shame yourself with Pandora and the iPad. The, I'm, I'm really curious how you two met and decided that you wanted to start writing music together. Cause I, I know you just said it was Pandora that introduced you to possibly getting into music yourself, but what was the catalyst of you two coming together and being like, let's, let's make a go of this. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, well, I think we both had our, like, musical awakenings in, like, eighth grade. We weren't friends. We went to different schools, but we had a mutual friend. And I had learned about, like... The Strokes and Neutral Milk Hotel and Wilco and Arctic Monkeys, all of these very, like, you know, stock indie bands from my older brother who didn't talk to me when he was in high school, but I would listen to all of the things he downloaded off of our, like, family computer. Um, and then Grace, I guess, had found the same bands, particularly, like, Arctic Monkeys at the same time. And we hung out with our mutual friend, like, once in eighth grade. I think we walked to the Dollar Tree and, and, candy. and bought candy. Very middle school. Yeah. Um, and then we... <laughs> this is so funny to say. We just, like, Snapchatted after that. And we were just talking about how cool it would be to, like, be in one of these bands. Or, like, be in a band like this, but we'd be girls, you know? Yeah. Like, kind of this... I don't know, like a rocker, you know? Yeah. Um, and then a few years later, we went to the same high school. We weren't really friends until we were, like, 15, probably. Um, and we were in the same guitar class. And they and our guitar teacher, Brian Kennedy, who we love so much, we still hang out with him, he, um, he invented a songwriting unit in the class, and it was the first time he had done that. And so everyone had to write a song, and then the SoundCloud links were shared with the whole school and everyone had to vote on the winning song and our song won us <laughs> and some other girls. And, um, yes, thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> it's actually a banger. I hope people can find it on SoundCloud. Um, but, and then Mr. Kennedy pulled us two aside and we're like, you know, like, I think you guys should keep writing songs. There's this kid named Connor who plays drums in the marching band, and no one knows about him, but he's amazing. He's an amazing drummer. And then later we found Connor, and all of the stars aligned. Um, but yeah, we were 16. The summer of 2016, Grace had written. Um, I had a few songs. Yeah, Grace had written songs, and then invited me over and was like, we should be in a band. And... <laughs> And then we, we stayed up until like 3 a.m. And then the next morning we went on a cute little bike ride. And then we're so excited about this new We were like, I can't believe we're lives. in a band. I know. It was so One fun. day. <laughs> Very wholesome, wholesome beginnings. Yeah. I was going to say it's extremely wholesome, but I kind of love that. It's it's very nice to hear uh, like a family friendly coming together of how a band started. No. <laughs> yeah, true. I yeah. mean, it had to be. We like didn't. 
didn't really we weren't into like drinking or drugs in high school yeah well also we went to strict catholic school yeah that wasn't even really it wasn't really an option yeah but um well it was but we were i was probably just (laughs) yeah i was also (laughs) a scaredy cat i was like (laughs) um but yeah so like our our rebellion on the weekends was was playing shows playing wholesome shows that was our like big fuck you to everything we're like we're gonna have fun and play a show or like walking into school on like a Wednesday morning, we had a show and there were like X's on our hands. We're like, "What's up, guys?" What's up? <laughs> Just played a show. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I think, especially for still being in high school, I think that's pretty. Um, that's pretty rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Like you can't really argue with that. Yeah, True. I felt. I felt cool. I felt cool. <laughs> I, I think you're both very cool right now, even recounting that story. So I think I think it was good. I think uh, it, it covered you. Um, speaking of shows, I know that the US is getting back, uh, kind of getting back to it in terms mm-hmm. of festivals, shows are going ahead. We are, um, we're not doing as well here in Australia in terms of gigs. Gigs don't really seem to be happening, but... I think that you guys are starting to have shows here and there. I think there's one on the 22nd in Atlanta at um, Central Park. Yeah, it's coming. Um, so excited. Very excited. This is definitely the best our band has felt playing together ever, um, which is really exciting and the festival is called Shaky Knees, which is like an iconic Atlanta festival that we've been to in our younger years. So it's kind of surreal, you know. I didn't know, I didn't think we'd be playing it, but yeah. it's exciting. Which um, I'm just trying to think who's playing Shaky Knees this year. Is it like Strokes and Phoebe Bridges and acts like that this year? Um, yeah. Yeah. Idols is playing. We love Idols. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, some other bands. I feel like that for a um, for an indie band, you guys seem to have quite a lot of admirers and quite a lot of people who are um, on board with Lunar Vacation. Obviously, Group Love seem to be like big fans. Um, I think who else? Uh, I think one of your most well-known fans is also a collaborator. Uh, with Finn from the Aubreys. Mm-hmm. How did that kind of come about? Because I imagine that it might have been like a weird experience to be playing uh, or sharing a song with the, and I mean this as a compliment, Finn, but the kid from Stranger <laughs> Things. <laughs> yeah, um, we, do you want to tell the story? I can tell it. You're better. Okay. <laughs> um, we, when we were, we, the day after we graduated high school, we opened for Finn's old band, Calpurnia. Um, and then we just hung out after, bonded over, we both loved this band, Twin Peaks. Um, and I think we just like sat around, Grace and Finn and I sat around like singing songs. <laughs> it was very cute. <laughs> um, and then we just stayed in touch because he, he films his show here so he's here like he'll come for like months at a time and we're his besties in atlanta so we (laughs) hang out all the time and um and then and we love malcolm who's also in the aubrey's 
and we actually toured with them. I always forget that. We toured with Calpurnia for, like, a week. Um, But that's when we got to know Malcolm better. And then they formed the Aubreys, and Finn would, he just, we have, like, a group chat and send each other, like, demos and stuff. Um, And Finn had sent the piano idea for No Offerings, and... Then Grace, that day, Grace was like, this is fire, and then added vocals over it, which are, like, the first lines of the song. Um, And then I added, like, a little slide part, and then we were like, okay, this is amazing. (laughs) Let's let's make it. (laughs) So we booked, like, one day in the studio where we made our record um, and did it all in one day. And Malcolm tracked the drums in Vancouver and sent them to us. So it came together very, very yeah. naturally and very fast. And I feel like that's how, like, we became friends with them, too. Like, yeah. everything was just kind of, like, natural and just followed, like, a... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just kind of all, like, came together. And we have... Yeah, we had a lot of the... Or still have a lot of the same interests. Mm-hmm. And just, like, we literally stay up to, like, 3 a.m. just talking about, like bands and like how good this record is or like how good this is or whatever and also that's kind of like how we I mean that's how like we got along with group love too Mm -hmm. it's literally just like talking about stuff and being like this is so sick and like being like really big (laughs) fans of other people I feel like it's literally that like talking about other good music or like sharing jokes or yeah. something i don't know just I feel like, like most people are big music fans yeah. and then like some when you, some musicians try to hide it it's like it's yeah. more fun to just like geek just out geek out people, yeah. yeah we're all the same i know we're all looking at you know deep cut interviews <laughs> that have like 20 views on <laughs> like on youtube so let's just be honest about it 100 <laughs> percent. i think the best relationships regardless of careers or backgrounds, whatever, is, like, based on chatting about favourite records and, like, what they're listening to and, as you said, like, deep cuts from weird stuff, um, which kind of does lead me into my next question. Usually we would ask our guests what they're currently listening to, what, like, is getting a thorough spinning on their streaming service or record player, Um, and we are going to get to that, but I did want to preface it with a special one for you guys because excuse me, in the single shrug, there is the line, and I'm going to read it from my notes, so I apologise. I want to get it right. Invited, but I'll never show, sit at home and playing too much Wilco. So before we get to what you're currently listening to, from both of you, what would you say the best or your interpretation of the best Wilco record? Oh. Okay. I think... My most listened to is actually Schmilko. Really? Yeah. I just love acoustic. Acoustic jazz. But also, like, the Wilco record that got me into Wilco was um, Sky Blue Sky. And the first time I heard Impossible Germany, I was, like, floored. (laughs) I literally was like, what is this? But, Yeah. Um, you know, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot is a classic. Mm-hmm. We all know that. Um, but that, like, I heard that when I was younger, like, a couple songs off that. I was, like, heavy metal drummer and, like, camera mm-hmm. and stuff. But I never started to, like, really get into it until, like, 
Maggie and then our other friend Violet. Like we would just sit around and like she has like all of the Wilco records and like all of like the um like the huge like special editions and everything and like I think she had like summer awesome. teeth or something like yeah. something wild. Yeah. Um so yeah. Yeah. Sky Blue Sky is pretty fantastic. Yeah. It's pretty great. So. It's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> very solid choices. Very solid. Um, as I mentioned, yeah, we'd usually ask what I guess are listening to outside of Wilco. What is it that you're both currently enjoying? Well, I just got um, a record in the mail yesterday, which I was so excited about. Um, it's called Rose Colored Corner by Lynn Castle. And I just discovered her from this um this playlist on NTS. It's like this guy, I think it's called like the Uline catalog or something. It's like this really cool artist who has like literally the best picks ever. And so I heard her song New York on it. And then I listened to like the whole <laughs> record and it was just so interesting and so cool. And she made a lot of stuff when she was like, like in the sixties and she was the first, uh, she's like coined the lady barber of the sixties. Cause she would like cut people's <laughs> hair, like Sunny and Cher. I'm pretty sure she cut their hair and like the birds the and the monkeys and like yeah. all of that. Um, but I really, really liked the record that I heard on like Spotify or whatever because it was just like literally only her and her guitar and there was some songs where she would just be talking in them and then like have to like start over a song or something because she like put a capo on the wrong thing and it was just like it felt like you were in the room with her so I found it on eBay and it arrived yesterday (laughs) in perfect condition with like this cool little fold out with like a whole like book about her life kind of and I'm just so floored. Now she's like this cool older woman with like gray braids and her Instagram is so great. And I need to message her and be like, queen, I got your album. But she has this one, I know she has this one blurb at the end. That's like, I've always had a feeling, sorry, there's a car. It was like, I've always had a feeling that my music would like, or I've hoped that my music would touch people when I'm older. And then they just see me as like an old lady who used to make cool music. And I was like, she was right. <laughs> she was right. Now I'm so obsessed. She knew yeah. all along. She yeah. knew. But yeah, that's that's my current spinning currently. Um, I've been listening to, I've been shuffling a lot of Bad, Bad, Not Good. And um, I've been listening to this one Nico Case record a lot. I forget what it's called. It has a fox on the front. But she's just amazing. Her lyrics are like so amazing it it's incredible but yeah those are my two right now i'm in a jazz origins class right now so i've been listening to a lot of jazz just like all across the board um but yeah nothing wrong with that always good to you know like continue to expand the uh, the musical yeah. horizons <laughs> yeah um, Grace and Maggie, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast today and congratulations again on the record, which is out today. We look forward to um, hopefully seeing you guys in Australia soon when we can have borders done and can and touring can start again. Yes, thank yes. you so much. You. This is lovely. Wow. our show a massive thank you to grace and maggie for their time inside every fig is a dead wasp is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy or stream the record 
We also want to give a huge shout out to Sarah and Due Process for helping out with today's interview. You can find the link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes, where you'll be able to listen to all of our guests' picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.